Well, it's that time again. What time is that? It's time to get naked. Like all the way naked? Well, keep your clothes on, but it's time for the Naked Party Time Podcast, where we get real and raw about life, leadership, and love. While having lots of fun along the way. So what do you say? Are you ready to get naked? Let's do it. In the 1940 Disney movie Pinocchio, Jiminy Cricket sings a song called When You Wish Upon a Star. You want to sing it for us, Sabrina? Um, no. When you wish upon a star. (laughs) I'm not singing. That statement, wish upon a star, is all I could think of as I prepared for this podcast. I couldn't think of any clever clever titles, at least not ones I didn't think would trigger someone. Uh, I thought about calling it Stop Being Woke or You're Woke, They're a Bigot. Mm. Think that would have gone over well? Wow. But good, I knew that would buy followers. <laughs> yeah, the very few that we have. I knew that wouldn't make sense. I thought about just calling this podcast what I'm praying for, but that's not really true either. I probably am praying for some of these things, but really these are things I wish we could just do as humans. Things, especially if we are followers of Jesus, we could just choose to be a part of. So that's what we're talking about today on episode 46 of the Naked Party Time podcast, Things I'm Wishing for Humanity, or what we are calling Wish Upon a Star. Welcome back, or welcome for the very first time if you're watching on YouTube. Hello to you guys there as well. My name is Jeff Manis. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my cuter second half, (laughs) my life companion, my podcast collaborator, my Super Bowl cook, my wife, and my queen, Sabrina. How are you doing, Sabrina? I am freezing. That's how I'm doing. It's It's, cold in here. It's so cold in our house all the time. We're spoiled Southerners now. I know. It's it's like beautiful outside today. It's in the... It was in the 30s, though, when the the day started. 30s were like, when we lived in Wyoming, we're a breath of fresh air in the winter. (laughs) I know, and now I'm cold all the time. Uh, We are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. I took a vacation day from the harbor today. We attended church uh, this morning, recording recording the podcast, and then we'll be fixing some Super Bowl food here in a little bit. What are we having today for Super Bowl food? We are having turkey sliders, turkey sliders, Mm-mm. baked beans, Woo-hoo. salami rolls. Oh, I didn't know you're making those. Yeah, Ooh. and a bean dip called Texas Trash. We can now eat it appropriately yep, in the in state Texas. of Texas. It's like refried beans. Sour, sour cream, cream cheese, cream cheese oh, it is shredded cheese, glorious. warmed up. And then we'll obviously have chips to go along with that. Yes. Did you get potato chips, by the way? Not regular oh. potato chips. I love dipping potato chips into baked beans. Oh, yeah, that is good. We might have to run to the store and yeah, grab we some might. potato chips. Yeah, we might have to. <laughs> uh, do you like the Super Bowl? Is that something you look forward to? Uh, no. Oh. I didn't like even know, like when I was planning my menu two weeks ago, I just planned leftovers for today. I had no idea <laughs> it, it was a Super Bowl. So I had to like go to the store on Friday to actually buy groceries for today because I had nothing planned. Yeah. It You'll is, watch it. It is not a priority. It'll, I will watch it. I just knit the whole time. Yeah. You like the commercials and yeah. 
Though I have seen some really good Super Bowls. Like yeah. I'll never forget one we watched in the basement of our very first house in Cheyenne, and it was like zero to zero to the very end. Oh, really? I don't remember who it was. Oh, the, I think that was. Uh, yeah, the, I remember that. I think it was um, the Atlanta Falcons. No, I don't think so. I don't remember who it was, but it, I didn't think anybody was going to score. Like <laughs> so, there's been so I'll pay attention, but for the most part, I don't care. Tom Brady's not in it. So that's good. That is good. In fact, he retired and officially turned in his papers to the NFL. So oh, is, he did? Yep. It is over and done. Our prayers have been answered. Are we for sure, though? I, it sure seems this time he is for real done. Okay. I, I'm not going to believe it till it's been a few years, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Oh. I would hate for him to come back. <laughs> <laughs> but- uh, there, there is a Christian commercial this year called He Gets Us. It's a Christian organization. They have two commercials. So I listened to a whole podcast by the guy that runs He Gets Us and sounds amazing. Hmm. They're a great social media follow if you go to He Gets Us on Instagram. And so I'm excited to see those Christian commercials at the Super Bowl. It's like, I think, I feel like every year it's hit or miss. Sometimes sometimes they're amazing. Sometimes the halftime show is amazing. Sometimes it's extremely inappropriate and you should close your eyes. I don't even know who's doing halftime show this year. I'm clueless, but we'll be there for it. We did see a commercial. This is completely off subject here, but we saw a commercial last night watching a show on Hulu. And it was the, one of the funniest commercials I've ever seen. Oh, the cranberry one. It was the... Cranberry juice from Ocean Spray. Yeah, it was like a diet cranberry juice. I it wanted to Super see Bowl it again. Worthy. It was. It was hilarious. It was so funny. We should look, we'll have to look it up. Yeah, it was. It was, it was good. It was All good. Right. So the, the Chiefs are playing the Eagles. Chiefs representing the AFC, Eagles the NFC, which I know means nothing to you. Mm-hmm. Will you be cheering for anybody? Yeah, I'm going for the Chiefs. Okay. And, and is, there, is there a reason why? Well... I mean, I do have my brother-in-law that lives in Kansas City, but I do have a lot of friends that are Chiefs fans, so I'll be rooting with them. Okay. I know nothing about the Eagles. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Well, this podcast actually became the source of a little bit of conflict conflict, (laughs) conflict for us, right? Yep. Uh, We normally try and release a podcast each month. Last month in January, I was out on a walk thinking about some of the things we're talking about in this episode. And I came back to you with a podcast idea. I came and said, hey, we should do a podcast called Things We're Praying For This Year. I had a couple of things already that are on today's wish list. And I asked you, what's a couple of things you're praying for that we might include <laughs> in the podcast? And you just looked at me with a blank stare and said, I don't have anything. Which was confused me a bit. Because you spend more time in prayer than just about anybody I know. And so I was like, well, you, you can't think of one thing that you're praying for that we could just share on the podcast to which you said, I don't think like you. I don't. And that confused me even more because I wasn't asking you to think like me. <laughs> I was asking a very simple question. What are you praying for? To which you said nothing. But I knew you had an idea uh, no. of where this should go, See, and I knew I wasn't going to get here there. We are again, so that started to frustrate me because then I was like, "Then what do you do for an hour or longer every day if you're praying for nothing? What are you praying for?" And it just went further down here from there. So 
Needless to say, before we create more conflict here, we should do a podcast on conflict resolution here, maybe soon. Uh, I couldn't shake the desire. So we just didn't do a podcast last month. I just couldn't shake the desire about these things today. There are things that I really do wish we could figure out as humans, especially as American humans, and really especially, is that even a phrase, really especially? Probably. Especially, especially, most especially? Probably not. Just especially, especially, I really wish we could figure this out as American Christians. So Sabrina, do you want to defend yourself or add anything to what I've just said before we dive in? Yeah, because once we go through this list, I would not have come up with any of this. I wasn't asking you to come up. <laughs> I mean, I Hence do. It's my frustration. There are a couple of things on here I pray for. But <laughs> oh, oh, so there are things that you pray for that you could have. Yeah. But there is no way. I don't think the same way you I, do. I wasn't asking you to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you had thoughts in your head. About my own this is this okay. We got we got we should really we we actually somebody did ask about how we resolve conflict. And I got some ideas on Oh, my Lanta. No. You got some ideas? About a, a On how to fix do. me? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I think there's there's some good things to talk about when it comes to conflict resolution. We're not, we're definitely not experts at it, as you can tell. <laughs> just, I, I will say you did come back, I don't know, like an hour later and said, I realize you do think differently than me and you might need some time to process. I did. And that, and that was, yeah. And I do. I'm an internal processor. Yeah. I am not quick to answer a question, especially one that actually means like eternal yeah. things. Yeah. I need time to think. And you are very, very good at answering questions on the spot, no matter the subject. And I am not. I don't know if I'm good at it, but I do answer things quickly. Sometimes that gets me in trouble. You Maybe are like good today. at it. Well. Well, today might get you in trouble, yes. After but... seeing the list, are these things that you would say are on your wish list as well? That you wish we'd do better as humans? Yes. I'm not sure I would have came up with all of these, but. And we actually might get a little in a little bit of trouble today, depending on how some folks respond. Yes, listen with an open mind. And yep. if you're an internal processor or a verbal processor, process before you react. Yep, here we go. Wish upon a star. Actually, that was good advice because it goes right along with some things we're talking about here. Mm, yeah. That if people would just stop for a moment and just, just listen. Mm -hmm. Just process. Just think about maybe what someone else might believe. Put yourself in somebody else's yes. shoes. Yeah. So here we go. Holly's making an entrance in the podcast here, if you're watching. Wish upon a star. Our wish list for humans in 2023. This is not everything that we're wishing for. They're all kind of around the same subject. So it's five things that I'm wishing for. And Sabrina's saying that she does too. <laughs> I'm in agreement. She's in agreement. Sabrina, what's the first one on the list? Conversation instead of condemnation. Conversation? instead of condemnation. And here's what I mean. We seem to be increasing as a culture in our lack of ability to have conversations with people with whom we disagree. 
it's really a part of our whole cancel culture that we have found ourselves in, whether it's on issues of politics, race or sexuality, theological differences. We are just, it seems, so quick to jump to condemnation or cancellation, having nothing to do with them instead of actually having conversations. And it's sad to me that this happens just as frequently in the church as it does in the culture. I actually think there are things we can learn from one another, even in our disagreements, if we would just calm down enough to have conversations instead of condemning them. We so quickly cancel people simply because we disagree. So how can we change that? Any immediate thoughts here on on this first thing? Yeah, pause. Which is actually a great Reflect. Advice. Yes, before responding, reflect. Ooh, we just made that one up on the spot. Before responding, just reflect a little bit. What you started with earlier, put yourself in someone else's shoes for a second and maybe ask why it would make sense for them to view things that way. I, God just wired me to think that way. It's just my personality. So I can see to some degree both sides to every conflict. And that sometimes gets you in trouble. Oh, for sure. It does get me in trouble. But I can see, like in parenting, it got me in a lot of trouble. I could see why Jonah would do this. And I could see why Jeff would be really mad about this. And then I'm in the middle and I don't know which way to go. So I, which helps, you know, make me a good friend to some degree because I can see both sides. But I I think that is something we can learn to do is put ourselves in other people's shoes. What is their perspective? Where are they coming from? What are they thinking? Where am I coming from? What am I thinking? Yep. And and as somebody who is oftentimes quick to speak (laughs) instead of being slow to listen, which is scriptural advice, by the way, be quick to listen, slow to speak. I can often do the opposite. Mm. My response can often hinder conversations because I just want to give what I think is the answer your personality and wiring tends to be more open to conversation mm-hmm. because you can see both sides. But there's some specific things here. Like for instance, there are things I've shared some with you here recently. There are things I would love to ask out loud among other Christians mm-hmm. just to have the conversation. Things I am genuinely curious about stuff. I'd love to throw out even on this podcast for discussion, but I'm terrified to do it. Mm-hmm. There are genuine questions I have that even if I just asked the question, not even stated my own opinion on it, but just yeah. asked the question, I would be accused of being woke or being a Marxist or supporting critical race theory. Or from the other side, I would be accused of being racist or a bigot or a part of hate speech. And let's start getting myself in trouble here. Speaking of woke, I may as well go there since I brought it up. (laughs) This is important. Just because someone disagrees with you doesn't make them woke. Again, I'm going to get in some trouble, I'm sure, but it's true. Just because someone disagrees with you doesn't make them woke. A lot of people even use that word and they don't know what it means. (laughs) 
that they are just repeating what they heard on their favorite cable news network. And don't worry, I'm going to offend the other side here in a moment. (laughs) But first, here's the actual definition from the dictionary of the word woke. It means aware of and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. So if that's the definition of woke, we should all be woke. We should all be actively attentive to important societal facts and issues. But we just throw that word around now on anyone who isn't as far right as I am on the political scale. Anyone who doesn't agree with me completely is promoting a woke political agenda. And we are unwilling to have a conversation. I see this all the time in the Christian faith. And I'm an equal opportunity offender. So let's just swing this thing back the other way. All right. Just because you disagree with someone doesn't make them a racist or a bigot or a right-wing conspirator or fill in the blank on whatever it is. Friends, we are going to disagree politically. We are going to disagree socially. We are going to disagree theologically. Part of what made America so beautiful, and I chose the word made on purpose because it feels like this is a past tense thing. Yeah. Part of what made America so beautiful was our disagreements. We could disagree and still dine together at the same table Mm -hmm. and have conversations together. I think the places where we could experience the most growth as individuals is when we are willing to have conversations instead of condemnation. And I'm not saying that we have to agree. I'm not saying we have to cater to people either. We need strong convictions, but I am confident enough in my convictions that I don't have to be afraid of those who disagree. I can come to the table and maybe even be stretched a little bit by what they believe, their perspective, their reasons for why they believe what they do politically, socially, theologically, and so on. Any thoughts on that? I I do have some thoughts. Mm. I don't know. I have have a lot of thoughts running through my head. I just, I was thinking, I watched a Hallmark movie last night, and there is this line that this husband and wife were struggling, and she, oh, he said, I did marry Mrs. Wright. I just didn't know always was in front of it. Wow. And (laughs) Jada and I looked at each other, and we were like, wow. That's that's the truth. And I feel like, us always trying to be right mm-hmm. can play into this. Mm-hmm. And it isn't about me. It's not about me trying to have my say and, you know, eat, have my cake and eat it yeah. too. Like it is, Jesus made both of us. Mm-hmm. He were created in God's image. And I don't understand why we just can't agree to disagree. Like yep. we turn everything into a hill we want to yes. die on, yep. but not everything is eternity's sake. Yep. And on. I don't know. Yep. I don't want to die on a hill for things everything. that aren't yep. eternal. Yep. Yep. Are yep. there things? Yes. Yep. Are Everybody. there not things? Yep. Definitely. Yeah, we're to that. And we seem to get so bent yes. out of shape over things that don't matter yep. in the end. Yep. Yep. Just the other day, I was having a conversation with someone whom I'm in a mentor relationship with. They're a good friend of ours. And they told me 
one of the reasons I chose you as a mentor is because I know we disagree on some mm. things. I didn't want a mentor who would just confirm everything I already believed. Mm. I was like, dang, uh, that's the sign of a very healthy mm-hmm. individual. And here's the thing. If I were to say out loud on this podcast who the person was and some of the things they believed, immediately there would be people who listen to this podcast who have big issues with that person. Mm -hmm. But they just said, I didn't want someone who would just confirm what I believed. I wanted someone who would stretch me. Well, how do you grow? And this is a great friend of ours who we have disagreements with. Mm -hmm. And that's good. But they love Jesus. Absolutely. We love Jesus. Absolutely. And so why can't sometimes that be enough for us? Yep. Why do we got to fight and fight and fight? Yep. You just didn't see Jesus do that. Yep. Like if we go back to the Bible, he just loved yep. people and met them right where they were and walked with them. Yep. And whether had, he agreed or and not. And back down from truth. Right. While still having conversations with those who apparently opposed truth. Right, because he also had grace yep. and love. Yep. So I just wish, I just wish we could have conversations without rushing to condemnation or cancellation, if you want to use, if condemnation is too strong of a word. We just cancel people and lose the right or the ability to sit down and hold conversations. And we, we will not advance as a culture without conversation. Yeah. We are more divided now than I've than in my lifetime that I've ever seen. And, yeah. and s- without conversation, we can't change that. Hmm. So each of these kind of build on each other. Some of them may even sound familiar, but if we're willing to have conversations, calm, kind, friendly conversations with those we disagree with, we actually might be able to live out this next wish we have for humans in 2023. So what's the second thing, Sabrina? Unity without uniformity. So unity without uniformity. One of the reasons I think we find it so hard to even have conversations with those we disagree with is because I do believe that we often think in order to be unified, we have to have uniformity, Mm. that we have to agree on everything (laughs) in order to be unified. And that's just simply not true, at least not in my opinion. This is actually one of my biggest prayers for the church, not just the harbor, like, but yeah. God's church. Yeah. Every week, some of my specific prayer requests are for unity in God's church. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I prayed this is because Jesus prayed for it mm-hmm. as well. John 17, 20 through 23, Jesus said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Mm-hmm. I pray they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will will believe you sent me. I am giving them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity hmm. that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Hmm. Wow. When Jesus prayed that, I think he knew that as humans, we weren't always going to agree. (laughs) He wasn't praying for agreement. Right. I don't think he was praying for for us to have uniformity or total agreement. He was praying for us to have alignment. And we don't have to agree completely to align fully on his mission. Just here's an illustration. Take the Super Bowl, for example. 
but we're recording it on Super Bowl Sunday. I highly doubt <laughs> that every single player has agreed fully mm. on the game plan heading into today. There are probably some players, maybe even some of the coaches, who didn't agree fully on the game plan. If it were up to them, they'd do it differently, mm -hmm. right? Or even during the game. It is highly unlikely that once the game kicks off, every player who's on the field is going to agree with the play call the coach makes in the moment. Some coaches mm. won't agree with the play call. But unless the team is unified around the game plan <laughs> and unified around each call, they aren't going to have a great chance at winning the game. If one player runs a different play than was called, that play won't work. Right. So when a play call comes in, if all 11 guys on the field are not aligned in accomplishing that play, it's not going to go well. Oftentimes, it's not the most talented team that wins mm -hmm. the game. It's the most unified team. The ones that work best together. Yeah, because you have to put your agenda aside sometimes to be on a team and work together. Preach. <laughs> Preach. Now, yes, as you mentioned earlier, there are some things that we may disagree on that are worthy of division. Okay? But I don't think the list is as big as we make it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the things that should divide us, especially in the church, should be a very, very short list. Apostles' Creed type stuff. The, the divinity of Jesus. Was Jesus God? That's a big one. <laughs> Salvation by faith alone through grace alone. That is worthy of dividing over. I can't be on the same team if you think we're not saved by grace. Right. Right? In, inside the church. Right. Not every theological distinctive or biblical interpretation is worth dividing over. Hmm. It's just not. Hmm. And not everyone who has a different interpretation of Scripture needs to be canceled or condemned. We might find, again, that if we're willing to have a conversation, if we're willing to unite with them in God's mission to save the world, we may actually learn something new. Or be challenged on something in our own faith. Hmm. I think a great question to ask ourselves is what's the, what is the last thing God changed in me hmm. that I believed prior to that? Hmm. That's good. Or, or even what's the last thing I was willing to question in my faith? If we're not even willing to question some things, we're, we're not ever going to be able to unite with people. Well, I think some of this unity comes down to... We don't want to change and grow. We want to stay exactly where we are. And I'm but not, in order to be unified as a team, you do have yeah. to grow. And stretch and yeah. compromise. Yeah. And I'm not saying, please, please, please don't you know, shut this off or go tell people that I'm saying we should question our foundational beliefs. I am not oh, talking yeah. about the core evangelical beliefs of you know, the Trinity co-equal, co-eternal, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the divinity of Jesus, that he is God in the flesh, the salvation by faith alone through grace alone, the authority of scripture. I'm not talking about compromising those, but there are things in scripture that I'm sorry, are not black and white. Mm -hmm. They're just not. That we make black and white because we believe them strongly, but are we willing to, to just have the to be stretched a little bit by somebody who views those 
slightly differently. Mm -hmm. We just listened to a podcast last week about unity. uh, And the pastor on the podcast uh, said that the example Jesus set when it comes to unity was to serve the very people whom he disagreed with. Hmm. That was challenging to me. If you think about it, Jesus was in conflict with humanity. Mm -hmm. We were opposed to God. We did not agree with God. And what did he do? Did he disassociate from us? Hmm. No. Jesus, as God, entered into flesh, Mm -hmm. dwelt among us, and served us, going so far as to lay down his life for us to bring us into union with him. Hmm. Now, again, I understand at some point there may be something that we must divide over. Even with Jesus, there is coming a day where there will be an ultimate division, a disassociation with those who choose not to align with him. But on so many issues, it seems like we are unwilling to even try and work together on anything. We don't want to serve somebody who disagrees with us. Mm-hmm. We want to cancel them. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's oh, a problem. I forgot that scripture, pray for your enemy. Yeah. Ask God to bless them. Love your neighbor more than yourself. Mm-hmm. Those, are, are, those are hard to live out. Yes, amen. There are just so many things in scripture that are not black and white. So many things in life yeah. that aren't black and white. How we choose to walk with people who don't see those things the same way is a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. It's such a big deal that Jesus said our unity could speak to the world, hmm. the reality that he was sent into the world and that God loves us as much as he loved Jesus. Hmm. Our unity preaches the gospel. Wow. That's huge. That is huge. We cannot control or change anyone else but ourselves. But for some reason, we like to believe we can control control and change other people. We're, we're not Jesus. Yeah. We're not the Holy Spirit. We need to stay humble and walk in the path he's yeah. given us. Yeah. And, and again, this goes both ways. We all have to be willing mm-hmm. to have conversations and then say, okay, what... What is a hill to die on, like you said? And what do I maybe just need a little bit of open-handedness with Mm -hmm. so that I can walk with somebody who might disagree with me on these issues that just are not black and white issues? Mm -hmm. We can't make every issue a black and white issue. That's part of the problem. Yeah. So some things we're wishing for in humanity in 2023. Conversation over condemnation. That might help us find unity without uniformity, which could help us understand this third wish. What's the third one, Sabrina? Both and instead of either or. Both and instead of either or. I wish we could be better at viewing people through a both and lens Mm -hmm. instead of an either or lens. I've seen this in the church ever since I can remember especially since getting into ministry, this either or mentality, that's kind of like one or the other things like evangelism or discipleship. And I have heard things like this about our own church at times, especially about typically what's considered mega churches. Mm. All that church cares about is evangelism. Hmm. Almost always said about churches that are growing. Hmm. But could it be that churches who are great at at evangelism are great at evangelism because they also care about discipleship? Mic drop. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> last I checked, Jesus was all about reaching people. Mm-hmm. He said he came to seek and to save the lost. <laughs> and discipleship is about becoming more like Jesus. So if we're becoming more like Jesus, we will also care about reaching more people. And as we reach more people and help them become more like Jesus, we will reach more people. Both and. Both and, not either or. You can't truly care about evangelism, at least not very long, unless you also care about discipleship. Mm-hmm. Evangelism's a part of discipleship. If we're not teaching people to share their faith, then we are not discipling them. Right. The two go hand in hand. Both and, mm-hmm. not either or. Yeah. The reverse is true as well. Well, all that church cares about is discipleship. Usually said about churches that are very good at going deep with people, small groups, um, one-on-one discipleship. And I would say that's awesome because if it's true, if that church cares about discipling people and developing them to be more like Jesus, they will also care about reaching people. Yes, you have to have people to disciple. It's both and, (laughs) not either or. You, you don't have to be a person or a church about evangelism or about discipleship. You can be both. Yeah. It you drives me you crazy. need both. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Anything to say there? No. This goes much deeper than just that, though. This is where the first several wishes come together as well. So just calm down when I say these things, okay? People, just listen. <laughs> Let's take the issue of life, specifically life of the unborn. Someone can be pro-life and also care deeply about providing for the mother of the unborn child. Hmm. It's not either or. Yeah. It's both and. And someone can care deeply about caring for the unborn child or have real genuine concerns and questions about some of the pro-life laws around weight, rape, Incest, threat to the mother's life. They can they can be care about those things, and still be pro life. It is not all or nothing. Right. It's both and, not either or. That someone can genuinely have real questions about what do you do with this when it comes to the issues of rape incest, threat to the mother's life. They can have questions about those things Mm -hmm. and maybe a different opinion than yours and still be Mm pro-life. You want to say anything? (laughs) No, it's really, I agree. It's really good. I think we, we could accomplish so much more around issues such as life if we would just view one another with a both and mentality instead of an either or. We start to villainize and demonize the people who agree even slightly differently Mm -hmm. than we do. Someone can have a genuine concern about police reform and respect and support the police Mm -hmm. at the same time. (laughs) Someone can also respect and support the police and not be a racist. It's both and, Mm -hmm. not either or. It goes to both sides of the thing here. Yeah. There there are many more examples here we could mention. I just wish we could stop being so binary 
in our categorizing of people. There needs to be more both and instead of either or in our thinking. We are so quick to label people and it causes us to condemn them and then we're not willing to unite around anything unless they fully agree with my position. Mm-hmm. That's just not helpful. No, we're just so judgmental and critical. And I think we, we just need to, we need to take a step back. And before we address anything, where is my heart? Where am I coming from? Because what comes out of our heart is what we put in it. So what's that overflow? Do I need to change what I'm watching, listening to, mm-hmm. reading, and being influenced by? Yep. And then, like you said, reflecting, what, what might lead someone to that belief that's slightly different than mine? So maybe I need to hear their story. Exactly. What's their story? What brought them to that position? Maybe hearing my story could help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have they been through? Yeah. What have I been through that tends, you know, that leans me yes. towards this direction? Right. We all have experiences that, that bend us towards certain beliefs. Mm-hmm. So what was it in my life that bent me towards that belief? And what's it in their life? And maybe we can learn from one another. Mm-hmm. And maybe we still won't agree fully. Yeah, and that's okay. But that, yeah, exactly. That is okay. They, we just, we have these, we just so quickly divide into categories. And if you don't fit my category completely 100%, then you can't be that thing. Mm-hmm. So if I'm pro-life, unless you agree with every stance in the life conversation that I am, you're not pro-life. That's just not true. Yeah. It's totally not. And this goes both ways too. Yeah. Whatever side of this issue you're on. If that, yeah, both both sides of the issue. I'm going to get myself in trouble if I keep on going here. So conversation over (laughs) condemnation, unity without uniformity, both and instead of either or, what's the fourth wish we have for humanity? Faith over fear. Yep. There is so much fear. Mm-hmm. driving our culture, our politics, and yes, even our churches and our faith. Mm-hmm. So much fear. Hmm. I am so tired. Every election cycle, so tired of hearing Christians say things like, if so-and-so gets elected and then fill in the blank with whatever doomsday prediction they have. Yeah. I've been hearing that literally since Bill Clinton first ran for office. And I'm sure it went on before then. I was just too innocent to notice. Yeah. I was too young. Yeah. Once I was an adult, 18, started hearing these things. I, every election, I will never forget when Obama was elected mm. and the massive amount of Christians who were asking legitimately if he was the Antichrist. Mm. It's insane to me. If if they get elected, oh, that's the end of all of our freedoms. Really? Well, we're still here. <laughs> if that bill gets passed, and then insert your statement of fear yeah. about that bill. Sometimes I, I, I seriously wonder how convincing we are as Christians to the world that our God's in control. 
Mm, That's good. When the majority of our lives as American Christians seems to be controlled by fear, Mm -hmm. we show more confidence in our choice for president than we do in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Wow. That, oh, if we could get that person elected, then, then it will all be okay. No person is going to be perfect because we're all broken, imperfect people. Every every person's going to mess up. I know there are things happening right now in America that are a part of a growing resentment and opposition to our faith. Mm. I agree. There is a growing opposition and resentment towards the Christian faith. I'm not discounting that. But fear is not the answer. Yeah. Faith is. We can be people of faith working towards the good of our country without being agents of fear. It always astounds me that Jesus started his church in the middle, not of a democracy, in the middle of a dictatorship, a culture that fed his followers to lions. Hmm. He started his church under a wicked ruler, Mm -hmm. Emperor Nero, who would cover Christians in tar, impale them on a pole, and light them on fire as torches for light in his garden. Mm, Wow. Under Under the most oppressive conditions imaginable, Jesus started his church. And eventually, that church and its values grew so much that this movement of Jesus' followers grew so rapidly that eventually the emperor made their little religion the official religion of Rome. Hmm. He couldn't stop the church. And I'm pretty sure we haven't had a president do that yet. Exactly. Yeah, we've not been close to that. And I know the argument is that we're headed there, and that might be. But the answer still is not the person in the office. But m- what made Nero come around? Yeah. Those, those people were living differently exactly. than the world. Yep. We do not live differently from the world. We look the same. Now, I know the, the goal of, of, of our faith should not be to have America make Christianity the official religion of our country. Right. One of the beauties of our country is the freedom to worship as you see fit. Right. I don't want to lose that. Yeah. But the fact remains, oppression did not stop these Jesus followers. Hmm. And it can't stop us. It can't. These Jesus followers weren't trying to gain political power. And without political power, Hmm. they changed the culture. Man, that's so good. That's really convicting. So John Mark Comer in his book, Live No Lies, which I would highly recommend, shared something around this thought that stood out to me. I want to read it. If that's okay, it's a little bit longer, but it fits what we're talking about here. So here's a section of his book. We would be wise to slow down and honestly seek out Jesus' wisdom on the moral issues of our day. The wisdom that arises from his unparalleled intelligence, discerning insight, and loving intention. But were we to do so, we would inevitably find at least a few examples of jarring differences between Jesus and both the left and the right's vision of human flourishing. The late Dr. Larry Hurtado historian of early Christianity in his wildly celebrated book, Destroyer of the Gods, told the story of how a tiny Jewish sect of Jesus followers overcame the bastion of paganism and won over the Roman Empire in only a few centuries. 
His thesis was that it wasn't the church's relevance or relatability to the culture, but its difference mm-hmm. and distinct and distinctness that made it compelling to so many. The church was marked by five distinctive features, all of which made it stand out against the backdrop of the Roman Empire. Hmm. First, the church was multiracial and multiethnic, with a high value for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Second, the church was spread across socioeconomic lines, and there was a high value on caring for the poor, those with extra were expected to share mm. with those with less. Mm. Three, it was staunch in its active resistance to infanticide and abortion. So it was life. Fourth, it was resolute in its vision of marriage and sexuality as between one man and one woman for life. Mm. Five, it was nonviolent, both on a personal level and a political level. Wow. This is how he ends this section of the book. Now, if you plot those five features onto the map of modern American politics, the first two sound like liberal positions Mm. as they are dealing with race and class. The second two sound like conservative positions, and the last one doesn't jibe with either. Mm. No political party or intellectual ideology outside of the church of Jesus that I'm aware of holds all five together. Wow. Is that not amazing? Hmm. It was the early church that held all five positions together, distinct from the culture, and they changed the culture. Do you think that's the only church that's ever done that? It, that's a great question. Eventually, we've started, as, as the church and history went on, we started to somewhere along the lines lose sight of one of those five things. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah, very. So the early church, the very first followers of Jesus lived out the values Hmm. that today we divide over in our politics. Wow. They lived out their faith over fear. They did not let a corrupt and wicked government stop them from living out their faith. And it changed the entire culture. And leads into the last thing we're wishing for humans in 2023. Hmm. We had conversation over condemnation, unity instead of uniformity, both and instead of either or, faith over fear. And what's the last one, Sabrina? Winsome instead of winning. Winsome instead of winning. I just wish we would live out a faith that was winsome to those who don't believe. Winsome means attractive or appealing. But it seems like we are often more concerned with winning, Mm. winning the argument, winning the election, winning the debate, being right. But you can be right about a belief without being right in the way you communicate it. Yeah, that's good. First Peter two, verse 12, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they'll give honor to God when he judges the world. First Peter three fifteen and 16. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. 
Then if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Hmm. Honorable, gentle, respectful, living a good life, gracious, attractive. Do those words describe how I carry myself as a Christian in the culture today? That's a question we should each ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we say the right thing, but we say it in the wrong way. We, we say it in an unkind way. Yeah. That's why it's important to remember that saying the right thing in the wrong way is still the wrong thing. Hmm, that's good. Being right is not more important than acting right. We can have the right theology, but the wrong presentation of that theology, and it does no good. That's where your actions speak louder than yeah. your words, the way you act. So I wish we could just live in a way that was winsome, that was attractive, that was appealing. Not just in our moral standards. The moral standards standards of Christianity won't be viewed as attractive or appealing to a non-believing world. But the way we live them out can be the hope that we have. I believe the fruits of the Spirit are attractive to anybody. Mm -hmm. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are attractive to the world. But I don't think we often do well with those when we're trying to defend what we believe. Mm -hmm. hmm. Thoughts on that? I I just feel like it it makes me want to process this for a while and like m make sure I'm living yeah, out. Me too. Like this is a this is to and us. showing those fruits of the spirits twenty four seven. Like not you know, working my hardest to not drop the ball in any situation I am yeah. and to uh, listen first before reacting, yeah. yep. not hiding behind a screen yep. and typing ugliness. Like, what does it look like for me to live to be more like Jesus? Mm. What should my actions mm. look like? That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. For that, me, yep. I want to ask myself that. Yep, that's good. And I also think as Christians, we can't hold non-believers to a standard that they yes. don't know anything Come about. On. We are so Preach. guilty of that. Yeah, we, Just because we love Jesus and the Holy Spirit is living in us and should be guiding us, we can't put that on yep. other people. Yep. We, we, it seems like a lot of times as Christians, we expect an unbelieving world to act like believers. Mm -hmm. That won't happen. So the things we're getting up in arms about, they don't have, they may not have the light of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, may, yeah. Without the spirit, they don't even have the ability Yeah. to do some of the things that we're asking them to do. But we expect them to look and live like us, but we don't always yeah. look and live differently than the world. Yeah. I mean, it is a two-way street, yeah. and we need to look at ourselves and I, and first. I, I, I'm glad you said that, because with all of this, I, I, even as passionate as I obviously am about some of these things, 
at the end of the day, we all have to sit down and ask the question that you just asked for my, for myself. How am I living my life as a reflection of Jesus? Or am I living my life as a reflection of Jesus? And if the answer is no in any area, I've got to be willing Mm -hmm. to let the Holy Spirit do the refining work that only he can do so that I am. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a, I, I have to be focused on me. I can't make anybody do this. Yeah. I can't make you do it. You can't make me do it. It's up to us to say, am I living this out as Jesus would? Mm-hmm. It's taking the time to dialogue with Jesus, sit and listen, and let him discipline you if he needs to, let him refine you, let him change you, grow Confirm you. Confirm some things. Yeah. You might say, okay, yeah, I'm, I, this in this area I am, to the best of my knowledge, according to what's revealed in scripture, mm-hmm. living this out in a way as best I can with his help, as Jesus would. Mm-hmm. Asking people, do you see yeah. this in me? Yeah. Is there something I need to change? What like? That's how you grow, is letting people in to also help you see things you can't see about yourself. Yeah. And that's hard. Wish upon a star. Five things. We, were, we are wishing for humans in 2023. Conversation over condemnation. Unity without uniformity. Both and instead of either or. Hmm. Faith over fear and winsome instead of winning. The great news is you can disagree with me on any of these and we can still be united together mm-hmm. in Christ. In fact, I hope we will be. Yeah. Even in disagreement. There's so much I wanted to say that because of my own fear <laughs> of how people might respond, I didn't. So I've got room to grow in that fear one for sure. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts, anything? No, it's, I'm going to have to re-listen and do some dialoguing with Jesus. So that's all we have for you today. Be back with a new episode next month. Um, got some ideas about where we're headed, but we'll, I don't want to put anything out there because I'm not quite sure yet. Maybe we'll have some more conflict on where we're headed with the next <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we're going to be in Israel a month from today. Oh, yeah. We fly today. Yep. A, a month, month from today. Wow. Yep. And so one of the ideas I have is maybe doing a podcast while we're in Israel with some of the people that are with us. Um, maybe talking about things that we're learning or seeing. I thought that might be good. My brother will be here as well. So maybe doing a, another Twinning is Winning Part 2 <laughs> podcast with my brother Jeremy. Uh, but we will be back with the next uh, episode next month. We drop try to drop it on the second Tuesday of every month. If you have any ideas for podcast episodes or questions that you want us to answer, please let us know. You can reach out to my assistant, hello at jeffmanis.com. You can follow us on all of our social media channels. Just search Jeff Manis or Sabrina Manis. You should be able to find us. And then you can subscribe, rate, review, like, and share this podcast. Be a great help for us. Why don't we end Sabrina with our marriage mission? We We are are united united in Christ, Christ, unstoppable unstoppable with Christ, and unbreakable because of Christ. Christ. Now it's time for you to get naked and party. We'll see you on the other side. You've been listening to the Naked Party Time podcast. Join us next time as we get real and raw about life, leadership, and love.